Welcome to Woodland Church. Here is today's message. I want to talk about, and I want to dive into the book of Ruth. Now, I don't know if you guys have read this story in a while, but the book of Ruth is one of my favorite books. And today, we're going to go through the entire book. I'm going to tell you the entire story of Ruth. Now, I could spend four Sundays doing this, so we're going to, we're going to try to, it's 11.20, we got 90 to 95 more minutes, roughly, that we can kind of condense and squeeze in the book of Ruth. But on Mother's Day, like what I said, I want to preach about women in the Bible. Ruth is an amazing book. Now, I want to give a, a quick background because I love giving you guys history and kind of setting the stage. So Moses had led the people out of Egypt. Moses ended up dying. Joshua took the people into the promised land. Joshua's dead. Now, during this time, Israel is a unique nation. Every nation around Israel is ruled by kings. They have kings. But the nation of Israel is ruled by judges. Now, you might be thinking when you hear that word judges, you might be thinking a courtroom, but they're more like regional, political, military leaders. Kind of like tribal chiefs. And the book of Judges gives us great details of what Israel looked like at the time. And the book of Ruth is set in the time of Judges. And, and in this book, there's going to be three characters that we are going to be looking at today. Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz. And if you've read it, you probably are like, oh yeah, we've heard all of those names. We know the story here. But we're going to go through the book this morning. And we're going to look at, and I want to highlight who Ruth was. I believe Ruth had some amazing characteristics that I think should be challenging and encouraging to us this morning. So before we kind of start to dive in, I want to pray for us as we are looking through God's Word. Let's pray. Father, we give you praise and honor. Father, I thank you that we can come and worship you today. Father, as we look through your Word today, Father, speak to us. Encourage us. Challenge us. Do a work by your Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives. God, we give you praise now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Ruth opens with information. And I will point out, Ruth 1.1 is some really important information. I want to read the first verse to you real quick. It says this. In the days when the judges ruled... There was famine in the land, and a man in Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. I point this out, because this is important. So in the land of Israel, or in Judah, in Bethlehem, there was a famine. And this famine sets up the stage for what is about to take place. The famine led a man to leave to go to a different land. And it says he took his wife and his two sons. Verse 2. Now we're going to start to get some information here. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephraites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died. And she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives, and the names of one 
was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. They lived there about ten years, and both Malon and Kilion died, so the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. So we kind of set the stage of what is about to take place. There was a famine. He left his homeland. He went to a foreign land. He had two sons. His two sons took foreign wives. Now, this is all kind of setting up for what is about to take place. Then, all of the men die, and there's three women left. You've got the mother-in-law, Naomi, and you've got two daughter-in-laws, Ruth and Orpah. And now, this is interesting in this sense that for these women, now you guys may, modern-day women may not like see what the culturals are, but for these women, this is bad news. Okay, like I can't even express how bad of news this is for them. Uh, men at the time provided protection. They also p- provided what, what, what they would need to survive. So when you've got these three women without any man, there's a problem. And for Naomi, it's even a bigger issue. Because not only is Naomi in, she's no longer in her homeland, she's in someone else's land. So now she has like no family connections. Her sons, who could have taken care of her, they're dead. And it's her and her two daughter-in-laws. And you guys probably know how this story goes. But Naomi has a plan. And Naomi's plan makes perfect sense. I'm getting out of here, is basically her plan. I got to leave this territory, and I got to head back home. So she goes to her daughter-in-laws, and she says, listen, you guys are still young. Go back home. Go back to your family. I got to go back. And you guys probably know how the story goes on. It makes perfect sense. But look at, look at what happens here. In uh, Ruth 1.8. But Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go return each of you to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. Verse 9. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, they lifted up their voices, and they wept. We get an image here of how the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-laws were. You see this amazing bond that has taken place. Orpah and Ruth love Naomi. Naomi loves them. It says that they lifted up their voices and they wept. That there is just this sense of just this connection and bond between Naomi and and the daughter-in-laws. Now, you guys probably know what is about to take place. Ruth says no way. Orpah gives a little bit of kickback, but then Orpah leaves. But, but Ruth, she says, no, I'm not leaving. I'm with you, Naomi. And we see some of the most famous verses throughout all of the book of Ruth. This would be verses 16 and 17. If you've ever heard these verses, these are the most quoted verses in Ruth. And Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. 
For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me more also if anything but death parts me from you. This Moabite woman makes this amazing commitment to Naomi. Her mother-in-law reminds you, not family, like, like, not like blood relative, her mother-in-law. Ruth looks at her and she basically says, wherever you go, I'm going to go. No matter what, your people will become my people. The only thing that could possibly separate us, Naomi, is death. And we see this characteristic of Ruth coming forth. That Ruth is completely faithful to her mother-in-law. She's completely committed to her mother-in-law and to her way of life. She saw something in Naomi that she wanted. And I must remind us all of how this story started, and I'm going to keep pointing this one out. Famine and death. Starvation and death set the stage. And we see this woman, Ruth. And guys, I'm curious, and the Bible doesn't give us this information, but when I see Ruth one day, when we're sitting around the big banquet table having a feast in the marriage supper of the Lamb, I want to talk to Ruth because I want to know, Ruth, I'm, I'm looking for a little bit more information here. Why'd you leave your family? Have you ever like thought about that? Like, like It just doesn't tell us, Like, did Ruth... Like, what was her family background like? And, and I also kind of want to like ask her, like, what in Naomi, and when you met Naomi, when did you realize you wanted what she had? Right, because here it says, your God will become my God. Moabite people did not worship one God. They, they worshiped multi-gods. They were pagans. What in Naomi did you see that you wanted so bad? How did Naomi treat you? Like all of these questions, but we see the end result. Ruth, this woman, this Moabite woman, this foreign woman to the Jewish people, wants what Naomi has. And she is completely faithful to her. And I think, honestly, that's one of the most amazing traits that Ruth has. Her faithfulness to Naomi, but also what we'll see is to the Lord, is an amazing trait. Do you guys realize that today, in 2021, the idea of being faithful is like lacking in every aspect of our culture? Like, say, people, people today are not faithful to anything. People aren't faithful in their jobs. They're not faithful, like, in their own houses. People today, the world we live in, we live in a time where people are not faithful to much of anything. You could argue this about their jobs, about their different clubs, about churches. I mean, just filling in, we see a lack of faithfulness. But one of the amazing attributes of Ruth is that she is completely faithful. Well, the story continues, and we're going to see more about how amazing Ruth was. Ruth 1, verse 22. You might be thinking, we're still in chapter 1? I know, we'll get there. Ruth 1.22 So Naomi returned, and Ruth, the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, with her, who returned from the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Another important detail. 
2.1. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth and the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So when they return from Bethlehem, it says that it's harvest season. Now this is an, in, in, an important detail. The oldest calendar that we have believes that the harvest season for barley at this time would have been between April and May. Hey, it's Mother's Day. Perfect timing. And, and in the Old Testament, you guys may not realize this, but the Old Testament had a system in place for the poor people. I don't know if you guys realize this at all, but the Old Testament kind of said, hey, listen, when you're harvesting your food, you've got to leave some behind. You've got to leave some for the poor and let the poor come and, come and get it. This comes out of Leviticus 19, which anytime pastor gets to quote Leviticus on a Sunday morning, I'm pretty excited. Leviticus 19, verse 9, says, When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right to its edge. Neither shall you gather the gleaning after your harvest. In verse 10, And you shall not strip your vineyard bare, neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor or for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. All of you who are planting gardens right now, because gardening is really, really popular, remember that verse. Leave a little bit there, okay? I'm, I might stop by later and do a little bit of gleaning, okay? But there's a system in place within God's people that is there for the poor. Those who are there for those who have nothing. Naomi and Ruth qualify for that category. So they get to go out, and Ruth goes to her mother in law and says, listen, we got to get some food. I'm going to go out to the fields and pick up some of the grain. And you see Ruth here. She is a worker. In chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, this is what the servants say about Ruth. Look at her characteristic here. And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, she is a young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came, and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. The amazing thing about Ruth, she's a workhorse. And I mean that in the nicest of sense. She recognizes her circumstances, and she recognizes, I got to get out there, and I got to start working. And Ruth just, she goes out, out, to the fields. And guys, this isn't, she wasn't getting a lot of food here. As the research I've done on gleaning in the field, she's not bringing home buckets of barley here. She's getting enough food, working all day for her and for her mother-in-law. But Ruth is a woman that understands the circumstances, and she is willing to do whatever it takes to survive. I brag a lot about, about my mom, and because it's Mother's Day, I have no idea if she's going to listen to this message. But I, I, I come from a household of strong women and women that work. My mom, she was a single mom for many, many years, and actually 
uh, Keith and Garrett insulated the house that I grew up in, which is a shack out in Deerton, heated by like a wood stove. And I re- literally re- remember being just, just a little kid. My mom's single mom. She's got nothing. And she's a proud mom, so she doesn't take any sort of handouts. She would have qualified for any government assistant possible, but my mom said, no, absolutely not. I'm going to get up. And she worked, if you've ever been to Wallstrom's, she was a waiter there in the 80s. She was a single mom working, doing everything she could to get by. Not only that, my entire life, even, even after we kind of came out of, out, of, out of poverty and my mom, she got married, she was always a woman that was waking up early. She, she'd get up at 6, start working on breakfast, work all day, get done with work, have dinner ready for me, which was a lot of food at the time, and my dad and my sister. My mom, I would not see my mom sit down until about 8 o'clock at night. She, she was up at 6. She would sit at about 8, 14-hour days, all the time, like all the time. But there's something about a woman that can work. And I, would, I, I, see, this, I see this biblically, but I see this within God's kingdom. And I see this everywhere. Man, there is something amazing about women that can work hard and that can do what needs to get done. And I'm not saying that we've got women here that are lazy. I'm not saying that. I'm just encouraging us because this is the type of woman Ruth was. She was faithful, but she got out there and she worked. Now, we get introduced to this character, Boaz. And um, Boaz has a little conversation with Ruth. And you're going to see Boaz mention Ruth's character. Chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. Then Boaz said to Ruth, because he noticed her in the field, he says, now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Verse 9, let your eyes be on the field that you are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink that the young men have drawn. Verse 10. Then she fell on her face. This is Ruth. Bowing to the ground, she said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes? That you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner. I want to just pause it right there. She understands the cultural problem here. Jewish man, foreign woman. No go. She gets it. And she looks at Boaz and says, Boaz, why, why would you even give me favor? Why would you let me continually reap in your field? Why would you give me water? Why would you be such a blessing to me? And look at how he responds. And Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. How you left your father and mother, your native land, and came to a people that you did not know before. Boaz sees Ruth's character clearly here. He sees Ruth. I've learned who you are. I've heard who you are. I've heard about your character and what you have done for Naomi. And Ruth, I also recognize you have left a foreign land. Ruth, you left everything to come to these people. And now Ruth, this is very good circumstances for her. 
This is, this is probably like one of the best things that could have happened. She has a field to go to every day. She has a place to work. She has water. And she has a way to provide for her mother-in-law. And now, and also, this is really good news. And once again, we need to understand cultural times. A man has taken notice of Ruth. You guys may not realize this, but Ruth needed a man. I realize in 2021, that's like the worst statement you can possibly say. I totally get it. But you need to understand the cultural things back then. They had no way to provide. They had no way to... They couldn't just get up and just go find a job and start making life happen. These women were in desperate need. But Ruth, within her character, her her character makes her stand out. And Boaz, who owns this field, recognizes that. He recognizes Ruth's character, who she was, what she was like. And this is really good news. Boaz noticed it, but now she's got a place to go and to work. Now, I want to point out something that was taking place in this time. So in this time, Naomi, Naomi actually had land, but it wasn't Naomi's land. Back in Bethlehem, Naomi had property, but it wasn't technically her property. It was her husband's property. Okay, so just kind of follow along with me here because this is, this is important to the story to kind of understand like what is about to take place. So Naomi has property, but she can't own it because she's not a man. Now, within their system, there was a way to redeem the property and provide a system for a widow. In Deuteronomy 25, it talks about the nearest unmarried male relative. If he is to marry a widow and provide with her an heir and redeem her land so that a widow is is protected from social and economic situations, a covenant land inheritance, a state of the dead man, is protected and the family has a livelihood. Now, this is what is about to take place. Boaz is a relative, and we see that, like, it constantly says that. Boaz, a close relative to Naomi's husband. Now, Boaz has an opportunity, or he will, to be able to redeem these women. So Naomi has land, she can't own it. She needs a relative who would be close to the family that could redeem the land and then take care of the women. And this is all kind of part of the cultural thing going on here. Now, um, I used to joke, joke about this with my brother. Um, it's funny because in today's world, this doesn't happen, right? Like, say, like, if you're married and uh, you, the male has a brother, and let's say the male dies, the wife doesn't just go to the brother, right? Like, that'd be, like, super weird. And most of you here are like, I don't ever want to marry my husband's brother, right? But at that time, it was, a, it was this relative system, and it was all set up to take care of the people. It's not a sexist system. It's not a biased system. It's a system in place so that the people would be taken care of. I was going to make a joke this morning, which I won't. I was going to make a joke to young women who are looking for a man. Uh, I was going to let you know that if you want a good man, that you've got to find where his fields are. You've got to go out there and you've got to do some gleaning. 
and try to get noticed, but I wasn't going to make that joke. Might sound a little bit sexist. Might get booed off. However, Boaz takes notice. And I already talked about how Boaz recognized how amazing Ruth was. But the story continues. Because Ruth goes home and she lets her mother-in-law know where she's been all day. Okay? Because she gets home from working. She's got the grain. She goes to the mother-in-law. Mother-in-law, this is where I've been working in 219. Two, two verses here, 1920. And her mother-in-law said, where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi said to her, the man is a close relative of ours. This is where you're going to see that word. One of our redeemers. Naomi instantly knows how this could possibly play out here. That this man could possibly really help out their situation. He's a relative to the family. He could redeem us. He could basically rescue us from the poverty that we are in. And Naomi also recognizes that the situation they are in, though is a good one now, she's got a place to go, she knows that Ruth ultimately needs a man in the end. Once again, I'm not saying that on Mother's Day, okay? I'm not saying that women need a man. I'm just saying what the scriptures say, okay? Ruth 3.1. Naomi has a great plan. Now listen to this wonderful plan. I think that this is great advice for single women. And her mother-in-law said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative, with whom, with whose young women you were? See, he is, he is winnowing barley tonight at the, threshing, at the threshing floor. Verse 3, Wash, therefore, anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. She knows right away the key to a man's heart is food. Okay, let's just uh, make that one clear. Verse 4, But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, All that you say, I will do. Now this is really, really strange to us, right? Um, yeah, you guys are already understanding this. Imagine you're a man and you're, you just got done working on the threshing floor, and you worked hard, and then you have a bunch of food and a bunch of drink, and you lay down, and they must have all just been sleeping at the place where they were working. And then a woman is there, and you wake up, and she's at your feet. Kind of freaky out, right? It'd be kind of weird. However, this was kind of part of Ruth letting Boaz know that she's also interested here. So how the story goes is that this is what is about to take place. Boaz sees her, and Ruth does exactly what her mother-in-law tells her to do, which is, once again, so amazing at Ruth's character. She, she's like completely faithful in whatever her mother-in-law says she does. Now, maybe that's not the best marriage advice. I'm not giving that on, 
on this Mother's Day too, you might have some, some, some in-laws and you might be thinking, I'm not listening to my mother-in-law. But Ruth, her character comes out here. She's so faithful to Naomi. Absolutely. Naomi, I'll do this. And this is what happens. The next day, or she goes down there, Boaz is startled awake. He sees her. They talk. And Boaz says, listen, I will redeem you. However, there's a slight problem. There's actually a closer relative. See, in this system, it was the closest relative to the dead guy. So it wasn't just a relative. It was the closest relative. And Boaz says, listen, there's another guy. I got to talk to him first. So the next day, Boaz goes down to the city gate, which is where they would do a bunch of business. And Boaz brought other men with him to be witnesses. And Boaz finds this guy. He says, hey, Naomi's land is up to be redeemed. And you're next in line. And the guy's kind of excited. He says, yeah, I'll take the land. And then Boaz drops a bomb and says, well, it comes with a couple of women. And the man says, uh, I can't do that. So you can take the land and you can redeem it. So Boaz redeems the land and takes Ruth to be his wife. And this plan, this perfect plan that God is working out here, I think is absolutely amazing. And I want to kind of summarize it for us here. It starts with a famine. It starts with just terrible circumstances. Then it, then death. And then this foreign woman who has no place socially in that area goes and becomes part of God's people. And her character shines. You will see her character shines throughout this entire story. Her faithfulness, her work ethic, her, her overall character, how she treats and how she loves her mother-in-law shines. And the Lord has this perfect plan. And she just so happened to be gleaning at Boaz's field. And Boaz takes notice. And Boaz says, I will redeem you. I will, I will take and I will, I will have your family's land and I will redeem you. I will take care of you. And look at how the story finally ends. So just like, think about this. A Moabite woman, Jewish man. Chapter 4, verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth. And she became his wife, and, she, and he went into her, and the Lord gave her con conception, and she bore a son. And the woman said to Naomi, Blessed is the Lord, who has not left you this day without a Redeemer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. Verse 15, He shall be you to a restorer of life and nourisher of your old age, for your daughter-in-law, who loves you, is more to you than seven sons that has given birth to him. Verse 16, Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the woman of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now, to, to us, we're like, well, yeah, we know the story, but really think about this. Part of the bloodline to David, part of the bloodline to our Lord and Savior, Jesus, 
comes from a woman who's a Moabite. Comes from a foreign woman. And God has this perfect plan throughout all the circumstances, throughout all of the hardship. God uses a woman that is that doesn't even technically belong with those people. And he used a woman and he transformed her life and she became part of God's people. And it is amazing to me at how God uses the most unlikely circumstances for his plan. And I want to just encourage you today, church and women, God has a perfect plan in all circumstances. You may think, it's starting off kind of rough. God has a perfect plan for all circumstances. And he can use anybody. Even if you may not feel like you belong, you can become part of God's plan. And we see this amazing story in Ruth. I think that is encouraging to us today. It's challenging us to have a high character. It's challenging us to have a high work ethic. And watch God use his people for his plan. I want to pray for us this morning. I'm going to ask for you to to stand. And I'm going to ask the worship team to uh, sing one more song for us today on this wonderful Mother's Day. Uh, The worship team can uh, come forward. But let us pray and let's be given praise and glory. Father, I thank you for who you are, Lord. Father, I thank you for the story of Ruth today. Father, you use the most unlikely circumstances in your purpose and in your plan. Father, we desire to be men and women used by you. Father, help us to to walk in a character that Ruth had, for us to be faithful and honorable, for us to be loving and caring. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would use your people for your perfect will. Father, we give you praise now in Jesus' name.